0: now we're in our power today series and we're jumping back in to power today today if you've loved the series in the book of acts can you give one more clap one more celebration there's lots to celebrate around here man god has been using this series to build people's faith and we've been talking about the power of the holy spirit in somebody's life the need for the holy spirit to make us bold and to make us effective for reaching people for Jesus. And we're seeing, right now we're picking it up in Acts chapter 14, and we're seeing in Paul and Barnabas as they're on this first missionary journey, how the power of the Holy Spirit's working in their life, how they're reaching people, how God is using them. You need the Holy Spirit. I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because we have a calling on our life to be witnesses, to be bold for Jesus in any situation, and to bring his power to the lives of people. And we can't do it without the Holy Spirit. And we're seeing that. in Paul and Barnabas says, God is working through their lives. We're going to pick it up in the middle of Acts 14. And I want to talk to you about how to be effective, how to effectively reach people, how to effectively reach people. How many of you want to be more effective at reaching people? How many of you say, you know what, God, I want you to use me more. God, I need to be more effective in that. You know what, in this passage in Acts 14, we're going to see some simple principles that we see in the life of Paul and Barnabas and how they're effectively reaching people. Because they roll up in Lystra, and just to remind you of where all these places are at, we're going to put up this map. The red line represents their first journey and where they went. The blue line represents them heading back they start in Antioch in Syria, and then they take a, a boat all the way down to Cyprus, then go up, and all of this is on foot. It's a 1,200-mile journey. And on this journey, they encounter some opposition. This, is, this town's also called Antioch. It's Antioch-Posida, and they, uh, they find opposition there, so they end up going to Iconium here. In Iconium, they're actually threatening to stone them. And so they decide, well, maybe we should leave. And so they go to Lystra. And that's where we pick it up in Acts 14. They're in Lystra. In fact, last time we saw, Paul is preaching in Lystra. And as he's preaching, he gets a word of knowledge that he's looking at a guy, and God tells him, that guy has the faith to be healed. And he looked at him, and Paul, seeing that he had the faith to be healed, the guy had been lame from birth couldn't walk, he says, stand up right now on your feet. And Jesus healed that guy in front of everybody. But this is where we find the first key on how to effectively reach people. And that is you got to be flexible, be flexible. If you want to effectively reach people, then you need to be flexible. And I'm not talking about God's telling you to go share your faith and you're like, all right, before I go, I'm going to do some high knees, all right? And I'm going to get some stretches going. I'm going to get it all warmed up. Not talking about that kind of flexibility. How many of you know, if you have to touch your toes, are you with me? If I had to touch my toes in front of you right now, I probably could do it, but I might pull something and thank the Lord, I don't have to be flexible to reach people in that way. But you do need to be flexible. And we see that in vivid display as this guy is healed, Paul's preaching, and you would think, man, what's going to happen next? Is the whole city going to come to know Jesus? Look at what happens. It says this, and when the crowd saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voice in Lyconian and said, the gods have come down in the likeness of men. Barnabas, they called Zeus, and Paul, they called Hermes. How many of you know that would be a bit unexpected, all right? Probably as that's happening, Paul and Barnabas are like, hmm, I did not anticipate this. Look at what happens next because he was the chief speaker, they're calling Paul Hermes. And the priest of Zeus, whose temple was at the entrance of the city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates and wanted to offer a sacrifice with the crowds. Now, I'm gonna tell you right now, when that happened, it probably threw Paul and Barnabas a bit off. And you get the sense while you're reading the passage that it took them a moment to even catch on to what was happening. I think as Paul was preaching and that happened, he probably did think, Man, they're really, uh, they're really getting into my message here. Like this is I'm getting some good traction. Everybody's yelling. They all start yelling in Lyconian. The reason that's interesting is because Paul would have been speaking in Greek, and they would have understood what Paul was saying in Greek. Greek was the common language of the day. But when this person is healed, they start yelling in their heart language, which was Lyconian. So there were several sub-languages in that area. When they yell out in Lyconian, Paul and Barnabas don't know what they're saying. And so they're yelling, they're they're you know going crazy, they're grabbing garlands and an oxen. And Paul and Barnabas, by the time they catch up, they realize that they're going to try to offer sacrifices to Paul and Barnabas. How many of you know that's the opposite of what you want when you're trying to reach people for Jesus is people to start worshiping you. You're like, that is a bad deal. Well, Paul gets up and starts, he says, no, 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 no. This is not what we want. This is not what we need to do. But instead of getting frustrated or instead of being thrown off, Paul is flexible. He's being led by the Holy Spirit. He's flexible in the moment to say, God You can use this. God, you can work in this situation. And he doesn't take the approach that he takes with uh, different places that you see Paul. Actually, his first message was in the last chapter. And he doesn't take the same approach. He doesn't go through the history of the Jewish people or, or the theology in that way. What he does is he says, you know what? You're worshiping these gods and you're trying to worship us. And that's not even gods at all. There is one God, and he's the reason this person was healed. And you know what? He's the same God who does good to you, and you need to put your allegiance to him. And with that, he's able to reach people in Lystra because he had the flexibility in the moment to say, God, I'm not going to be thrown off. I'm going to do what I see you're doing. Because oftentimes, isn't it true, when things happen that are unexpected, I don't know if you're a planner in the place, maybe you like things, you're like, man, I like to make a plan and then stick to the plan. And maybe you've tried to share your faith before and you're like, man, they, what if they ask me a question and I get thrown off? What if they say something and I don't know what to say? What if they do something, what if they? What if there's some sort of uh, misunderstanding, you know, uh, exactly like what you see here, there's a kind of a misunderstanding it's like, oh, they think these guys are like... God's incarnate, that's a definite misunderstanding. What if that happens where somebody's like, oh, you just think you're better than people or whatever people say, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna get frustrated or are you going to be flexible? Because I can tell you this, as you step out in faith and you say, God, I'm going to share my faith because I believe you called me to reach people. And then you say, God, and whatever happens, I believe the Holy Spirit's going to lead me. I'm committed to being flexible in the moment. I'm committed to loving people in the moment. I'm committed to following the lead of the Holy Spirit. He will use you in any situation to make a difference for the kingdom. Wednesday, we were having our college book study, and that's where we get together with James River College, and and we're talking about being about the Father's business, and God's leading you, and telling some stories, and I was telling some stories about sharing my faith, and afterwards, uh, Pastor Clint, who's our Family Ministries pastor, came up and talked to me, and he said, you know, it was funny. God told me just a week ago to go to a gas station and pray for somebody there. I felt like God was leading me. He said, I want you to go to this gas station and pray for somebody. And so Clint gets in his car and he travels to the gas station and he's kind of just sitting in his car feeling like, mm, I don't know, who, do, who does God want me to pray for? And a group of bikers roll in, it's three of them, they're tough guys. And uh, Clint goes up to one of them and says, hey, I feel like God was leading me here to pray for somebody. And I think it's, it might be you. Can I, can I pray for you? And the biker looked at him and said, "Um, you know, I really respect you for doing that, but that stuff's not for me. And no, you cannot pray for me. (laughs) And Clint was like, oh. And so he got in his car and he left. (laughs) And as he was leaving, he pulled off to the side of the road and he felt like the Lord spoke to him and said, hey, I was sending you there to pray for somebody. You didn't pray for somebody, so you need to go back. So Clint felt like, man, I gotta be obedient. So he went back to the gas station Looked again for, Lord, who are you leading me to? There was a guy in his car, just sitting there parked at the gas station. He went up to the car and he said, hey, I felt like God was leading me here to pray for somebody. Can I pray for you? The guy got out of his car, began to cry. He had been in a car wreck recently, had gone through surgery for his back because the car wreck was so uh big in his life and 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 he wasn't right living for the lord he was trying to get his life back on track with the lord trying to get back in church clint was able to pray with him pray for him for healing and god really worked in that moment to encourage that guy that god sees him that god loves him and i'm telling you right now that's the power of saying god wherever you lead me i'm going to be flexible to what you're doing in the moment I love that because Clint could have said, you know, oh, the guy's like, I don't, I'm not into that. I don't want that. And could have said, oh, God, what are you doing? Like, I, I, I thought you were sending me to pray for somebody, the first person they didn't want to be prayed for. But he just said, you know what, Lord, I'm just going to continue to follow your leading and God, watch what you do. And the great thing about that is when God leads you to somebody, say like that person, they're like, you know, I'm not into that and I, and I don't want that. You never know how God is working in that person's life. You think that person may have woke up that morning and said, God, if you're real, then just send somebody into my life. But when it happened, you know, they're they're unsure or whatever, but they have the Lord speak to them after that moment and say, hey, you told me to send somebody and that was the person. And it's because I love you and I'm reaching out to you. You know what? As we say, God... I don't care about my comfort. I don't care about what people think about me. I don't care about how this moment plays out. God, I'm here on a mission to be obedient for you. And if you send me in, God, I'm flexible. I'm flexible. I'm following the leading of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is the master at flexibility. He can take every piece. Hasn't he done that for you? Taken the pieces of your life and said, you know what? This happened and this happened and this happened and I'm going to use Use those things to speak to you about what I have for you. I'm going to use those things to direct you. I'm going to use those things. Some of you are sitting in the seat that you're in because the Holy Spirit brought and orchestrated the events of your life to get you in that seat to say, you needed to be at James River Church this morning because I have something to say to you. And you watch the master put it together. I love how the Holy Spirit works. He's a master at it. In fact, uh, men's conference a few years back, the cool thing about the different conferences that we're able to do as a church is we're able to bring in different vendors. And you know some of these uh, people that we bring in, they're, they're doing shows and events all over the world and all over the country. And many of them, they don't know Jesus. And so as we bring them in, we pray, God, give us opportunities, help the right people to come in. And God, as they're here, help them to sense the Holy Spirit. I remember this one guy after the event, he was so pumped up about the whole thing. He thought it was awesome. It was great. It was men's conference. He was like, this is the best thing I've ever been a part of. And he's like, I do tours for Godsmack, and I do all these things, and I've never been a part of anything like that. He was just going crazy about it. And he said, you know, the craziest thing happened. He's like, as as, uh, that guy was giving his speech, I felt like, and my wife passed away a number of years ago, and I felt like my wife was talking to me saying, you need to listen to that guy. I felt like, and I just started crying. And you know what? You know what I knew in that moment? The Holy Spirit, being who he is, is using this guy's memory of his wife who's passed away to speak to him about his love for him, to draw him to Christ. And we were able to pray with that guy. And God really used that moment in his life so he can encounter the love of Jesus. And that is how it works, friends. When you're encountering people who don't know Jesus, the very fact that they don't know Jesus means they don't know Jesus. And that means they're not gonna respond like somebody who knows Jesus. But if we say, Lord, help me not to worry about me. Help me to not worry about what I have to say or how smart I am. You didn't send me in here to show my smartness. You sent me in to show your love and I'm ready to be flexible in any situation. You watch how God uses you. But you have to have that flexibility of spirit to be effective at reaching people. Secondly, you have to fight the fight of faith. Fight the fight of faith. Paul shares the word with the Lyconians, and they respond and people are healed. But then some people come from Antioch, Poseidon and from Iconium, the same people that were against Paul in those places, and they start to stir up the people of Lyconia. Look at this. It says, but the Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. Now, I know as we read that, we're not familiar with stoning in our culture, and as we read it in this small uh, sentence here, you're like, man... that sounds bad you know it's not only bad but the fact that he was stoned definitely them and them thinking he was dead these people came from over a hundred miles some of them the ones that are in Antioch Poseidon would have been 115 miles away and they're coming to get Paul they're not doing any half-hearted stoning and stoning was a terrible ordeal In the ancient world what they would do is they would take a person they would throw them off a ledge Uh, in the Mishnah and the Talmud it said it would be twice their height so you're talking a 12 foot ledge and if that didn't kill them they would start by taking a large rock much like this one and throwing it down on the person with on their back and And sometimes the rock that they would do that with would take two people. And if that didn't kill them, they would start just hurling rocks down at the person, causing internal bleeding, causing them to be unconscious. And then with the goal of killing them, that is what their goal is with the Apostle Paul. They're throwing rocks to take him out. They think he's dead. These are people that have probably stoned somebody before. These are people that would have been used to seeing what it looked like to be mission accomplished. They think he's dead, and they drag him out of the city. They, Paul, out of the city, have has believers gather around him. And as they gather around them, look at the next verse, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and entered the city and on the next day went on with Barnabas to Derbe. That is a 30 mile journey on foot. So what you see happen here is a miracle as the believers gather around him. But what I want you to notice is he rose up and he goes back into the city, the same place where they just stoned him. You know, what Paul understands that if he's going to operate in his calling, what God has put on his life, if he's going to be effective at reaching people, he can't quit even when the fight gets hard. For some of you, that's a word for you, because in your workplace, it's a hostile environment to Christianity. It's a hostile environment to sharing your faith. It's a place where people very quickly, as you say, you know what? I'm a believer. Maybe you've recently given your heart to Christ. Maybe that for you, that's your workplace, or maybe that's your family. And they're like, oh yeah, now you're one of those Bible thumpers. You know, like, you know, yeah. Why don't you, why don't you pray for this person and see if they get healed? Why don't you do this? Why don't you try? You know, they're just doing things to throw rocks at you. They're saying, you know what, uh, how are, and you know the enemy does that too. The enemy says, you're not able to share your faith. You're not, you're not one of those people. You're not, you're not able to do that. You don't know the words to say, and they're throwing rocks. And the, the fact of the matter is, you get enough rocks thrown at you, it'll beat you down. And maybe for some of you, you've had enough rocks thrown at you that you've decided, man, I don't know if I'm, I'm able for the fight. You've decided, I don't know if I have the fight in me. You've, you've kind of shrunk back. You said that reaching people is for other people. Maybe you believe the words of the enemy that it's for people that, that are just better at it. Maybe, maybe people that are extroverted or, or maybe people that can just take the heat, but I, I don't really want that. I don't really know if I can handle that. I don't know if I can take any more people belittling me, taking me down, discouraging me. And so you've decided to stop the fight. But I want to encourage you today from the Apostle Paul that God can use the fight you're in to make a massive difference in the lives of people. That as you get back your fight, God will use you to reach people that you never thought you'd be able to reach. People you thought, you know what? They're the ones throwing rocks. And you know what? God's going to send you back. If you say, God, I'm willing to give it a go. God, I'm willing to get up again. God, I'm willing to go to those people that were throwing rocks at me. And I'm willing to go at it and say, God, I'm fit for the fight that you put me in. Because I know you're going to use me to make a difference. God will use you in a powerful way. But you have to get your fight back. Let me tell you this. You're like, okay, how do I do that? Because maybe you're here and you're like, man, I really am discouraged. I really, I really do find myself in that place where I don't feel like going again. I, I'm not really sure. The thing that happens when you get in that place is oftentimes you isolate yourself. You see, actually you actually push faith-filled people away. You actually push people away that have a fight because it intimidates you or it makes you feel Um, discouraged or it brings up feelings of like, man, I can't go at it again. And I just want to encourage you. You need to get those people back around you. Because they're going to be the people that pray for you and help you get back in the game of saying, God, I'm about reaching people. Look at this. But when the disciples gathered about him, Paul has been stoned. They gather about him. They pray for him. And that's where the miracle happens of Paul being able to get up and keep going because believers gathered around him, encouraged him and prayed for him. That's what you need. That's the power of getting in a good life group. That's the power of surrounding yourself with people who love Jesus. That's the power of putting yourself around people who are full of faith. If you want to be a person that has the fight that God has called you to have, that makes a difference, the one that says, you know what? I know that God is, hey, I'm going to continue doing good because I know I'm going to reap a harvest, just like the Apostle Paul said. If you want to have that kind of tenacity, you're going to have to get people who are faith-filled around you. Which means that you might have to say, you know what? It's time to change, my friends. It's time to say, God, you've called me for a purpose and on purpose. God, I'm tired of living, Lord, with a lack of faith. I'm tired of living with an apathy. I'm tired of living sitting back. I'm tired of living and isolating myself. I'm tired of living that way. God, I've lost my fight and I need to get my fight back. God, I need you, God, to fill me with faith. God, put me around faith-filled people that push me in that direction, people that believe God. I'm no longer going to be intimidated by that. God, I'm no longer going to push that away because, God, I believe you put me on this planet. God, I will do everything better in heaven except reach the lost. And so, God, what you've called me to do here, I'm going to do. I'm going to get my fight back. I'm going to go back to the people who threw stones at me, but I'm going to do it because I'm surrounded by faith-filled people that love you. Some of you needed to hear that because you've surrounded yourself with a cynical group of people that have no faith and it's hurting you and you've only done it because it makes you feel comfortable. But there are people God's calling you to reach in your workplace, people in your family, And he's calling you first to say, fight the good fight of the faith. Be like the Apostle Paul. Get up and go at it again. Get your fight back and watch what I do. And the result in Paul's life is what you'll see in your life. Look at what happens. They go to Derby. The next day he left with Barnabas for Derby, preaching the good news in Derby, which is a miracle, and making many disciples. That's what will happen in your life. As you say, God, I'm going to fight the fight of the faith, you're going to see a lot of fruit come out of that. You're going to start to see people come to know Jesus. You're going to start to see people. God, you God, use you to pray for people and then be healed. You got to get your fight back. Thirdly, you got to be quick to forgive. Look at this in Acts 14 when they had preached the gospel to the city and had made many disciples. That's in Derby. They returned to Lystra and Iconium and Antioch strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. I love how this translation says it. It says Paul and Barnabas preached the good news in Derby and won many disciples, and then they went back. Do you know where they're going back to? The place where they stoned Paul. Do you know where they're going back to? The places where they stirred up opposition, where they were against them where they said all kinds of terrible things about them. That's where they're going back to. And you got to know, they're not just talking to disciples. They're talking and preaching to people who don't know Jesus, the very people that were against them, the very people that stoned them. You know, Paul, he remembers the stoning. It's not like, you know, sometimes we think, oh yeah, Paul, he's just tough and and he probably forgot all about it. No, when he's writing 2 Corinthians, he's like, oh, I'm going to be sure to tell you I was stoned. Look at this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, it says, five times I at the hands of the Jews received the 40 lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rod. Once I was stoned. Don't forget that, guys. That was a big deal in my life. Three times I was shipwrecked the night and the day and was adrift on the open sea. Paul went through a lot, but he remembered that. So it's not that Paul forgot. It's not that Paul was like, oh, I didn't feel that bad. No, he remembered every time every one of those rocks hit him but he went back because he was on mission he went back because he was quick to forgive you know you have to be if you want to be effective at reaching people you have to be very careful what you allow to get in your heart the words you allow in your spirit you have to be very careful how you see people who don't know jesus because if you allow bitterness in your spirit, you'll never be effective at reaching people. If you allow what they said to offend you and to get in your heart and you don't forgive them, you'll never be effective at reaching them. Paul can't be sitting there thinking as he's in going back to each one of these places. He can't be sitting there thinking, oh yeah, I remember you. And I remember what you did. And I remember what you did. If you don't forgive, you don't have anything to give. Because all you're thinking about is yourself. He can't go back. I'll put that verse back up on the screen. He returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Man, Paul had a credibility to say that. But how encouraging is that for somebody who was just Stoned, They know about it. And now he's pouring strength back into him. You know how he can do that? Because he forgave. Because he didn't allow himself to have a wounded spirit. Some of you have been so hurt by the things that have been said. Maybe you have a family that's just totally away from God. And they just think you're absolutely crazy that you go to church, that you worship God. Why would you spend so much time doing that? Why would you pour into that? Why would you believe all that garbage? And over and over again, they're throwing rocks. Over and over again, they're taking you down. But you've allowed it to get in your spirit. And the Lord has come to you today to say, you know what? I've called you to love those people. I've called you to love your family. Who doesn't understand. I've called you to love that workplace. I've called you to love that person at your job, who makes sure to make a comment every time you come into work. I've called you not to have a wounded spirit, but to be like Christ, who the Word became flesh, moved into the neighborhood. We have seen His glory, but you know what? They didn't recognize Him. But Jesus loves the world anyway. Jesus loves people anyway. Because that's the kind of God we serve. And the Lord's saying, you know what? I've come to you today to say, those things in your heart are keeping you from being effective at what I've called you to do. And honestly, when those things get in your spirit, they make it very hard to hear his voice and to be led by the Holy Spirit. Some of you are wondering, man, God, why? I, I, God, I really want you to speak to me. God, I really want you to use me. But there is things you've allowed in your heart because of things that have happened to you in the past that you need to say, God, I forgive them because you love them. And God, I see them. I want to see them as you see them. And God, I forgive them. Some of those will be comments that they've said to you. Some of those will be things that you've just carried you're like, man, if they have an attitude like that, you know what? I, I don't, I, I'm done with them. Yeah, I'm trying to be nice to them. Paul could have said all those things. I'm, t- I'm trying to be nice to them. I'm trying to help them out. I'm trying to lift them up. I'm trying to share the gospel with them. You know what? I'm done. And if that's where you've allowed yourself to go, you'll never be effective at what God's called you to do. And it's stifled. The enemy uses those things to stifle you, to get in your spirit. And you need to say, God, I want to be like you and I forgive them and I love them. And you know what? As you do that, God's going to make you effective. You know, it was in Iconium, became one of the great churches in the early church. And Lystra, Eunice, and Lois are there. Those are Timothy's grandma and mother. Timothy becomes a great leader of the church in Ephesus. If Paul would allowed bitterness to get in his heart, think of the people that he wouldn't have been able to reach. You know, there's people that God's put in your world that will change the world for Jesus Christ. And you don't want to let a bitter spirit get in the way of that. A bitter spirit get in the way of what God's called you to do because he's going to use you to do great things. And the reason we can forgive is because we serve a God Whose kindness leads people to repentance. Who has a heart to always reach out, to always love. And if you don't know him today, he loves you. The same Holy Spirit that works things out in the lives of believers to put them in the right place at the right time. Is the same Holy Spirit that brought you here today because he loves you. The same God who gives people a fight to do things that he's called them to do is the same God that will change your life. The same God that gives believers the the ability to forgive in the most painful of circumstances is the same God who wants to forgive you today because he loves you. Let's pray.